Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Write Brain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hey, gang! Welcome to Write Brain. This is uh, your uh, this is your podcast where uh, we we talk about uh, you know crowdfunded publishing, uh, ink shares, ink shares authors. Uh, my name is Jeff Dubois. I'm the author of uh, science fiction book, The Life Engineered. And uh, with me is my co-host, my friend, my buddy, my pal, Paul Inman. Paul, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I am the author of Enough Ageless. of you. No, go, yes, fin- finish your perfect. plug. Finish your plug. <laughs> I'm the author of Ageless, and it is out right now, as well as The Life Engineered. Please go review both of those books, because JF is... Attempting to get to what, JF? You're pretty close now. I'm, I'm, eight, I'm eight reviews away from getting to 100, and I'm eight told reviews. that once you get to 100 reviews on Amazon, you start seeing uh, unicorns, and you can fly, and all sorts of cool superpowers happen. So, um, yeah, do me a favor. Do that. Um, we're, we're not alone this week, Paul. We are not, there, There's JF, a presence in the room. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a cool presence. It's fun it people. We like once in a while. As not too often, because... It's technically difficult to schedule, but once in a while we like to have a guest, especially when someone has an awesome book that just came out. And this week we are we are honored and privileged to uh, to have with us our guest, uh, Landon Landon Crutcher, the author of Monkey Business. Hello, how are you guys? Um, I'm Doing okay. Awesome. Good. Doing awesome. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> great. I'm great as well. Yes, we worked very hard scheduling this interview. Uh, Paul and I had our people get in touch. Yes. It, was, uh, it took a lot of a lot of doing. See, what happened was I had to contact people who had to contact other people and then who had to contact the third party to basically send Landon a message on Twitter. So it's very very few people realize that, but once you're a published author on Inkshare, Inkshare supplies us each with a personal assistant and that personal assistant has his own personal assistant. Right. So none of this is true. (laughs) So see, I am a quill author, light publishing, which means that my personal assistant is a, Oh. You know, like a drunk. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he works out of an alley. He, uh, he handles all the Quill authors. So, yeah. My, my personal assistant was sober when we met, but is nice. now a drunk. Well, that's what happens <laughs> that is when you what work happens. with JF. <laughs> nice. All right. So, so thanks for coming on. Um, we're glad to have you. Thanks for having and I know, me. Yeah, and I know our listeners are going to be excited um, okay. for this episode when it comes up at some point. JF, guess what? We are not. Ha- we we went a couple of weeks in a row now recording um, on the correct time. I'm proud of us. Good job, I, buddy. I'm surprised every time you remind me we're supposed to record. <laughs> that is funny. All right, JF. Let me ask you. How's everything going with? Uh, oh, your other book, the one that's uh, about the the god in the shed. You know the one. Paul, prepare to be jealous because I am in a situation. Very, very cool things happening over the weekend. I am getting together with my writing clique here in Montreal. And nice. we're going to spend all Saturday just drinking coffee and writing. And on Saturday during the night, we're going to go out to eat. It's going to be awesome. Uh, as for the book itself, well, you know, it's moving along. Slowly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, I got some cool news, let me tell you. Mm. Um, last weekend... Uh, there was a thing called Bee Fest at Barnes & Noble, and that was a, a nationwide thing here in the United States. Um, for those of you that do not know, by now, JF is not a United States citizen as much as he probably is envious of me, you know, so. I'm anyway, envious of some of you. Not me, personally. I got No. You. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, they had this thing called Bee Fest, and I was invited to participate in that as a local author here um, in South Carolina. And I got to spend, uh, you know, uh, a, a nice afternoon at Barnes & Noble trying to push Ageless and signing stuff and meeting people and passing out business cards and just kind of like rubbing elbows with the right people. And the coolest part of that was I walked in the front door, like immediately walked in. And as soon as I walked in, right in front of me was a giant table with Ageless all over it and a big mm. poster that they had made of my face. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, that's so that's, weird. That sounded awesome until you said your face, and I'm not talking about your face specifically. But I'm just <laughs> the thing Appreciate is, I'm, I'm role playing the scenario in my head. What if that happens to me, and I got to a bookstore, and there was a big poster with my face? I would turn 180 and go home, and then it was cry. definitely 
Definitely surreal. It was a weird, weird thing. I was like, whoa. And my wife's like, that's neat. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. And then she like pulls out her phone, starts taking pictures. I stop, stop doing that. Okay. I'm legit. You put your phone away and I'll pose with it in a few minutes. Okay. You know, so Landon. I'd be fine with that. Landon, since uh, Monkey Business just, just came out, uh-huh. let me ask you, have you had any kind of um, a book launch or anything yet? No, no, I didn't do any of that. Uh, no, you didn't do any of that. No, I didn't. I, I thought about it. And I mean, this it, it, it may get, get a little bit too into the quill process, which we might you know talk about later, I assume. But oh, yeah. it's a bit of a soft launch with quill. Um, gotcha. You don't really know. And I was the first, so the process may change. But I didn't really know when anything was going to happen. Like, you know, I was told it was going to publish on May 26th. But then, you know, it didn't really go live on Amazon or anything like that until a couple days later. Backers didn't get their books until a week or so after that. So it was kind of hard to plan an event. Plus, it turns out when you're not actually doing a print run, it's a little bit hard to talk bookstores into, um, you know, doing an event because you have to show up with a bunch of books. So Yeah, I can imagine that's that's Yeah, so, which you could have. I mean, basically, it comes down to me being busy and... um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I um, So we'll see. We'll see. I've been doing a couple of things um, since it came out. I still don't have a launch planned, honestly. If I ever get a big boy book uh, under the ink shares, you know, imprint, then I'll do a launch. But for this one, I thought, eh, we'll just float it. We'll see how it goes. And I'm getting ready to launch my second project. So I thought I'm going to put effort into that. And, oh, um, cool. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow JF on that. And I thought, you oh, know, I think the best God, way to promote don't. work is just to keep doing work. So Yeah, no, okay. okay. I think that's a good idea. The, the, one, the one word of wisdom I ever uttered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember you and uh, Derek talked about that. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm going to stop worrying so much about sinking 100% of my effort into marketing and just go back to working on the next thing that I want to work on. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So. That's a good idea. So, um, what, what, well, we're going to get into more detail a little later on. For those of you that don't know, we usually like to split this up into three segments. And our final segment today is going to be all about um, you, sir, and your book, Monkey Biz- Business, which I got my copy, right? You said about a week, and I grabbed my copy. It's right behind the computer here. And um, it took probably two and a half weeks for me to get mine. I don't know why, but it, it took a long time. I, I, I literally I just why. got it maybe this week. So <laughs> why? Yeah, well, it was because they – basically pull back the curtain here a little bit well basically it was because we sort of picked a publication date and um there weren't really any major holdups but it was just a couple things bumped it back a couple days and then they had to ship them all to me because unlike you guys they shipped whatever it was 260 something books to me i signed them all and then shipped them back and oh. what Inkshares and I learned in that process is um, it's super expensive and slow to ship, you know, hundreds of books across country. So, um, so everything just took a little longer than we thought it would. I'm and, actually glad. I'm sorry. Yeah, ahead. no, that, and that's it. And cost more. So I think, you know, my advice to Jeremy, if they're listening, is if you have a Quill author and they sell more than 400 pre-orders, just fly them out there. It's going to be so much cheaper in the long run. Uh, you know, I'm actually glad I was going to say, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that was a big question that I had. Like, how did they work that out? But I guess you just they answered sh- that. They shipped My only me a question, ton of boxes, and then I shipped them back. <laughs> I mean, they paid for it all, but still, it was not cheap. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that it was. So, um, well, JF, you want to move into uh, our book talk for um, a few minutes here? Yes. That's, I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, did did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, throw out there? No, I mean, I, I don't want to get too questiony. But that's you know, the we'll thing. That like, the I, I have I have stuff. I have questions, especially to to the first Quillo author. I want to mm-hmm. compare the experiences already. Right, like the, exactly. the launch doesn't sound as different as Landon seems to think it is. No, nope, <laughs> it doesn't. Maybe it's not. <laughs> it's uh, there, there's we Paul and I have talked about this in the past where we. Uh, 
we both expected the, our launch date to be much more of an explosive event. Like there's there's a buildup where where you you work on your book and you think about your book and you're concentrating all your efforts until like it it really builds up to this to this climax really, and then there's just books exploding all over the place. Exactly. Um, L- however, limos and and horses and and, and confetti and, and however, cannons and. Are you, know, you telling me that's not the way it works? No, that is, it, that it is turns the way out, mine worked. Uh, no, it, it but turns, it was expensive, and I had to pay it, for it out of pocket. <laughs> it turns out that having uh, that, that when the book launches, at least for 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 ink shares, it is it is not the uh, it's not the the I would say the orgasm of book launching that that I, I thought it would be. It is it's a slow process where it's very incremental. The, uh, the like the 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 ebooks for pre-orders go out first, and stuff launches, and then by the time your official book launch day has arrived most people already have their books anyway so it's kind of like i guess it's different in the sense that it's reversed from what you experience yeah Yeah, sort of yeah kind of Um, which you know that's fine i understand all those things are super hard to coordinate so um, and being first is always a cool thing but it's also difficult because there's usually bugs and stuff that have to be worked out you know so yeah um not saying that there was, like you said, it was pretty smooth, except for well, that one thing. But I think it, again, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump segments. Like I feel like if we're going to no, no talk worries. about this later, but I, I felt like I mean, well, first of all, to be completely honest, I 100 uh, percent jumped into Quill because I wanted to be first, and nice. I knew that there was like a four percent chance I would get 750 pre-orders. Um, so as soon as they made that change and made Quill an option, I emailed them immediately and said, "I'll take it." Like I just wanted to be the first. And I think that I was a really, really good first choice because I'm not um, at all anal retentive. Um, So anything that they suggested, I pretty much was like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just whatever you guys want to do. That's cool with me. Um, Also, I was a graphic designer for 15 years. So the cover was not an issue, which is going to be an issue for a lot of people. But although everyone has heard it here now, Landon will do your cover. For basically for free. Um, I will not. I'm just but, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody might. Um, there, there are some people um, putting together sort of a – I mean it's not specific to Quill, but John Robin is is working on a project with some designers where they're going to uh, offer some discounts to Quill authors um, oh, to cool. sort of get it kicked off. Because we got what? Quill's got 20-something, 20 23 books in the queue right now. Who knows how many more about to jump in. So – you know, a lot of people exactly. need covers. So they do. We'll they do. And I mean, there's money to be made there. I was trying to get you some money there. Lady. I don't Come want. On. I don't want money. I want time. That's that's hey, really oh, that's all I really want. Um, we're 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 in the same boat there because yeah. <laughs> that is that is my problem. I've every day I take a moment to look at my schedule for the next few weeks, and, and every day I cry a little because it's just going it's just going to hell. Well, you could clear your schedule out if you stop looking at your schedule, JF. More writing, less looking. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Paul. <laughs> All right. So let me, um, I'm going to change gears completely here. So we have been talking about the Nerdist video game contest for the last couple of weeks um, because, well, we want to highlight some of these books in, 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 the, um, in this contest other than our own, which is called Too Many Controllers. Um, so, uh, what we did last week is we just ran, ran down the list of the top 10, which has dr- dramatically changed, um, especially near the uh, bottom and the rankings in the top. So, maybe we'll just run through those real quick. JF, you want to start with um, number two because Too Many Controllers is number one. Well, uh, Destiny Imperfect is actually tied now with You Want to Quit. Uh, are you sure you want to quit? So that's that's something that's interesting because it really puts the lie to my prediction that the fight would be for the for number three, and really there's way more competition between uh, two, three, and four than right. I thought there would be. Uh, fourth play, well, I guess what would be fourth place is uh, is in beta with any anyone readers. Squid Zins in fifth place. Uh, Side scroller, which I think was in third place when yes, last we was. talked, is now down to six. Followed yep. by uh, Mothering the Game, uh, which is a memoir with four, uh, with 43 Reader. In eighth place, you have Summoning a VR Novel. Ninth is The Glorious Denial. And in tenth place is Stage Clear. Okay, so let's take a second and talk about ninth and tenth. Just a second. Um, not, not anything in detail. It's just they were not in the top ten last no, week. No, these, these guys are new. 
Yeah, so the glorious denial. Um, I I haven't had a second to read much about this. For for a second, I thought that was like that was from Derek, but that would have been awesome, Derek. (laughs) You've got. I mean, (laughs) you got to do that, man. Something um, like that. Anyway, we don't want to copy Timothy. Oh man, Gay Gager Godger. I don't know. I'm the worst. Sorry, sorry, man. So anyway, um, take a second and check that one out. And then in tenth place, it was uh, Stage Clear by Patrick. Taby names. Gosh, man, names. They always right? just like destroys. Yeah. So um let's see. Let's just uh hop on maybe third and fourth since we did not discuss them last last week. Um sounds about right. Sounds good. To is me. that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We Destiny Imperfect last week and Side Scroller. So let's hop on um Are You Sure You Want to Quit by Alyssa King. First thing I notice here compared to last week, um, is that she has updated her cover. She seems to update her cover every two days. I noticed that. I, I noticed that. It's like an animation in slow motion, every a, a frame every <laughs> once in a while. I mean, it's the same basic design, but it seems to get to change styles. I guess right. the colors change. I like yeah, it. It's, I don't. I don't she know if it's intentional. Or she's just refining what she wants, but it's interesting. Yeah, she should keep changing it. It's good. Are you keeping up with um this contest at all? Oh uh, yeah, I've been following a little okay. bit, a little bit. Okay. How much? How much of a gamer are you? Uh, I used to be before I had a child. I, I uh, gamed quite a bit, and now I don't. You know, I never updated past the 360, so now I can't game anymore. So no, no. One day I'll get back to it. I will. Well, return. you know, I still have a PlayStation 3 because I'm just like I'm not going to spend that much money on something that I already basically have, and it works. Yeah, that's. But I don't get to game very often. That's as as I'm sure you guys both know. That is part of an active decision to try and accomplish something. Like if if I have a video game here, there's very little chance I will ever write. <laughs> right, right. Who wants to write when you can play video games? And JF I, complains I complains do. about his time, and then he plays Overwatch all the time. Right? I right, do JF? not play Overwatch all the time. I play Overwatch a bit too little compared to my duties to uh, to my other show. So that's actually kind of a problem, is because. Um, if I have the choice between playing Overwatch or doing just about anything in writing, I will usually pick writing. So usually, usually, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, hey, um, Landon, why don't you read the uh, little um, catch up at the top of the page there? What is that called? The elevator pitch or whatever. Which one are you doing? Are you sure you want to quit? Yes, sir. All right. So, are you sure you want to quit? What started as a boss encounter for Maggie Mayuku? King and Scales of Time, the land of the scorched, ends up becoming an unusual adventure full of twists, turns, and dragons. Lots of dragons. I changed okay. that a little bit, but I just felt like it tagged it better at the end. There. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. So there you go, Alyssa. Oh, by the way, this is by Alyssa King, author it Alyssa is. King, who is working on her PhD, which I am not doing those types of things. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, JF, I just want to take one second and just say how he flew through that name. Like, I would have just butchered all that. So, oh, you good know job. What? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You just pretend like you know how to pronounce it. That's probably terribly wrong, but you just, that, hey, you just go forward right with confidence, and it'll yeah, be you, fine. <laughs> say it wrong, but say it with enough confidence that nobody's going to question exactly. you. Exactly. That's yeah, how that makes we do sense. it. So that's a syndicate pick, it looks yeah. like. It, oh. it is. It was selected by the. Um, no, actually, syndicate? that's a collection. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's it's right. part of a collection. It's not a syndicate pick. Indeed. That one's a part of the Thane, Thane Studios collection. So, oh, there um, you go. Well, that that, yeah. that brings up an interesting question that at some point I'd love I'd love to see uh, answered. What happens when your book gets picked for two collections? Um, you can only be in one collection. Actually, that's part of the. Uh, the frequently asked questions or something. I don't remember. I read it. In fact, it's funny. I was looking for the address for Ink Shares because I was making um, a, a little promotional thing for Ageless to send out to some local bookstores, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I got to find their address. And I came across that about the syndicates. And I was like, oh, neat. So you can only be in one at a time. You have to choose. I mean, not syndicates, excuse me. Um, Collect- uh, collections. Collections, yes. yeah. So, for example, if someone wanted to um, put the well either one of your books actually in a, another collection like contacted you and wanted to change ask you to change collections um you would have to make a choice like you couldn't be in sword and laser with the life engineered or um quill with monkey business although i'm not really quite sure how quill works it might be special for quill i don't think anybody's sure yet 
We'll see. Yeah, I don't think so either <laughs> we'll because see. that's we're, what happens when you are, um, you know, ma- um, treading the path, you know? We're, like, you're, we're you're a prototype. Up. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the first guy through the fence doesn't usually fare very well. But uh, someone will walk <laughs> over my corpse to, uh, you know, to glory. So it'll be great. Okay, as per usual here, we usually dissect these pages a little bit. And I can go ahead and tell you that Alyssa... I think that your book sounds pretty interesting, except for when I scroll down past um, that little elevator pitch, I can't read any more about your book until I get to the first chapter. So I don't have a synopsis. I don't have anything except for about you personally, which is great. Everybody needs to know about um, the authors, but I would like to know more about your book. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's sad to say, but... Knowing about the book is more important than the author, if if only by a tiny fraction, because that's that's the that's the actual product we're purchasing. The author is the person that we're interacting with, and their narrative is obviously important. But if the book, for any reason, if there's no, nothing that hooks us into the book, it's very hard to get curious about the author, especially when there's like so many other offerings. So always. We, I mean, we save us. I keep repeating myself. I'm I know. boring myself, but always have a synopsis, like two paragraphs for your yeah, book. Yeah, at least something. You know, think about what would go on the back of your and, book or whatever. Yeah. I know it super sucks writing these things. It's very difficult to come up with a synopsis that doesn't sound terrible to you because it always feels shallow compared to what you think your book deserves. But right. it's this is a good place to get some practice. <laughs> And as usual, always a, a short little video might be great for you too. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot about your book. So, um, Landon, you had to write your back cover copy, correct? I did. Did you guys? You guys did not have to. Uh, well, uh, or did I, you? Yeah, they make us write one, and then it gets edited. But yeah. it's very okay. close to the original. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it's that's similar. I mean, I I don't know. I wrote mine. Sent it in. Uh, they basically I, – I can't even write a paragraph without having grammatical errors. <laughs> My grammar hey, is atrocious, either, man. man. Um, Landon, I'm French. You can only imagine, right? Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I wrote mine, sent it in. They corrected a couple things and said, that looks great. Do you like it? And I said, yeah, I like it. And I actually, I, after 20-something versions, I wrote one that I was super happy with. So I was fine with the way it turned out, but it took – I took so many iterations. Right. Um, it's kind of hard to like boil down your, oh, your it's whole story. terrible. Right? Terrible. That's the hardest thing. Um, so I mean like Alyssa, we understand, OK? That's what that's what we're getting to here. We understand. It's tough. And um, like JF said, like we did write one. They combed through it and they made suggestions and they fixed grammatical things and stuff like that, you know. So in the end though, it's mostly what we wrote, right, JF? I mean, um, me, yeah, mostly because the thing is, <laughs> they, say, they, they tell you, oh, that's great. And I'm like, no, no, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> fix it for me. And they can't because they don't know the book. So, right. yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. Maybe check it out. But I can tell you this, though. It's not really hurting her chances. She's tied for second right now. Mm hmm. Which so, looks good. It does. Yeah. It does. So let's go back and look at, um, uh, in beta. Now, here's what I can say about in beta. The cover is badass. The cover is awesome. <laughs> Isn't it, though? I think it looks there's just so, amazing. There's so many things about in beta, in, in beta that, uh, that that tickle my fancy. And uh, no, no offense, Landon, I'm usually not big into uh, humor literature. <laughs> Fair so, enough. <laughs> that's, that's not a problem. It's <laughs> just fine. So um, since you're our guest, Landon, why don't you do the honors again this time? Oh goodness! Just make okay. him work. Now, are we going? Yeah, yeah. Make him. You got to work for this. Okay? Are, are we? Are we're coming we on the show. You know, beta or beta for 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 JF I don't here. I don't know. Okay. Here, here's my uh, here's my theory on all the pronunciation <laughs> debates. Whatever is GIF versus GIF, beta versus beta, uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. If if the person you're having a conversation with understands what you're talking about enough to ask what uh, to, to start the debate. They know enough not to have to start the debate and should not interrupt the conversation for petty for, for petty reasons. Well, listen, JF, I never I like correct that. you because 
it is a a waste of time, <laughs> and B, I know that English is your second language. So I mean, I only have one language, so I, you can butcher it if you want. I don't care; it doesn't matter. All right, well, probably butcher it less than you do. I don't. I'm not. I don't know if butcher uh, is Lendon correct. Ra- so. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna no. shut up. Here we go. In beta, when two friends realize they're NPCs in a video game, they hack reality to make their lives awesome and wind up targeted for deletion. There you go. Yeah. That sounds, sounds good. That's I like that. That's short. That's to the point. Yep. Sounds exciting. I mean, it tells you it tells you everything you need to know about the book in, in that couple of sentences. And I think that actually it's maybe not quite fair because I think that like he works in a field that where he's got to do this kind of stuff. So um in, in fact, how does that, I know. Okay, wait, wait, how how does it make it not fair that a, the guy who's a tr- who may be a trained professional writer writes good when he's trying to write a book? Because damn it, I'm not a trained professional writer, and that's not fair. He's gonna say, JF, <laughs> don't you do marketing? Is it? Is yeah, it? I do. Yeah. I'm just really bad at doing it for myself. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's not uh, true. Right? Come to think of it, I've heard you say that several dozen times. So yeah, I know yeah, it's my gotcha. mantra. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to think that anybody could put on any episode of Right Brain and just hear the same thing over and over from both of us. Oh, like, man, that's any podcast. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> so, uh, here's what I want to know about this book. Is this his real name? Prescott Harvey. I mean... Oh, I would think so, but... That sounds a, that sounds like a pin name and an awesome well, one. last week, Andrew Fantasia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that there, was there's, awesome. yeah, there's definitely some people inventing their names in here because <laughs> I'm stuck with J.F. Dubow and they have things like Prescott Harvey, which yeah. sounds like a freaking you know, private eye or something. He does. That sounds like a guy that you're like, yeah, I was at the con and I ended up partying with Prescott Harvey. It got wild. <laughs> and just look at his photo. I mean... Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure if he looks like some kind of French tourist in America or <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. So yeah, I think I can kind of see that. Except he's in somebody's kitchen, which is oh well. Oh yeah, while I guess reading a book. Yep. But not reading the book, just holding it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got his sunglasses on. You know he's not mm. reading it with his sunglasses on. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, let me get back into this page here. Okay, so as I, I've looked at this page before um, a couple of times, and as I have done that, I have noticed this, JF. Prescott, Harvey is listening to our advice because this is a page that I would say, you know... 90% what we advise. Yes, 90% what we what we suggest. I mean, like, he's got the video, he's got... Um, his back cover uh, copy actually is he even has it labeled as that. Like, I mean, he's got a story put there. He's got after that a little bit about himself and why you're going to love this story. And then he's like, done. That's it. He doesn't have 50, you know, 50 miles of explaining the world or talking about characters or stuff that, you know, gets real dense and you don't like, you just stop reading. Cause you're like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's the hierarchy is built to, you know, Hook you with a really good, with a good, really good two, uh, one sentence uh, pitch at the beginning. The back cover copy talks. It talks about the world, the characters, their situations, and their and their uh, what, what they're facing, and right. then leaves you with the question of how they're going to deal with with the, with the problem. Then a bit of author bio to brag about the fact that he wor- wrote some World of Warcraft stuff. Yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then even uh, a couple of paragraphs to uh, to sell us like a, an actual, honest to god sales pitch about to, to explain the theme and the the approach and what to expect from the book. Very well structured. So, I mean, really, like if you're looking at this competition as a, as a competition, okay. So, I I personally oh, mean, are we looking at a contest like a competition? Okay, well, I'll just say the contest. You can you can look at it however you want, but if you're looking at this. Um, his book in this contest, um, I think that he should, should, by just judging on his page, not have a major problem staying up in where he is, where he is second, third, fourth, you know, um, and I think he's doing very well because this, it it honestly looks like this might not be his first time trying to do this. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see how it works out in, in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, about a month, actually, from now is when the uh, the contest ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, to the day, as we record this, it is one month to the day before yeah. the end of the contest. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. I think this looks like an interesting story, and the cover is intriguing. Like, it, it catches my eye. 
which is what you want, you know? And not everybody is a graphic designer. Like, my covers look like a four-year-old, like, took some crayons and threw them at the paper, you know? But that's me. That would make good covers for Stern books. That would make good covers, like my books, you know? Crap, you know? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Are we going to need need an intervention, Paul? I am not. No, no interventions. Not today, JF, no. So, um, I'm not sure, like... uh, what else we could say? Well, I, I'll tell you what. I'll read the back cover copy, okay? So that yeah, way, absolutely, because we do that sometimes. It's, yeah. First of all, it's very well structured. So anybody that's looking to understand how to write a back cover copy, uh, this this is a good template to uh, borrow. Okay, so it goes: um, Jay and Buddy are losers. Senior year is almost over, and they're as unpopular as ever. Everything changes in a dusty corner of the high school's AV room. They discover. The Build, a pixel-perfect computer simulation that appears to be a a replica of their hometown. When the boys start tweaking the game's code, they notice that their changes affect the real world. They're living, they realize, inside a video game. With godlike powers suddenly in their hands, they react as any high schooler would, and hack reality to make their senior year awesome. But someone or something is watching. When the build's creator finds his NPCs tinkering with the game with his game, he targets Jay and Buddy for deletion. Thus begins a surreal battle, where Jay and Buddy must rely on their gaming knowledge to save themselves and the very fabric of existence. Thank you. Thank very you. Very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Yeah, it's well done. That, that seems silence. like a great setup to me. Right? Doesn't I mean, it? Yeah. That that silence was me actually um, trying to figure out how to pre-order with no um, no no credit so, no, oh, no, no no money no, no money no money. What I'm you like, do is you, no you yell yeah you yell your wife's name and then you ask if you can spend money. Uh, she's actually not here, so I'd have to yell really loud for her to hear me this time. You know, so mm. we'll see. We'll see. I I really like like I I think this book will be a good book, and whether whether he finishes in the top three or not, I'd like to see this one go the distance in. And uh, either make it seven fifty or at least, you know, hit the quill. Actually, you know what? This is not something we get to talk about a lot. But it looks like he is not going for quill. If you go and look up at his funding bar, ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That is vicious. That is yep. that. That is that is a question, big question, though. I mean, you know, I've I've definitely thought about that with my next book. You know, would it, would I want to quill again, or yeah. would I want to try and hold out? You know, I'm I'm just, I'm not sure. Those are good questions, which is a great lead into our next segment, can, ladies and gentlemen. I, can I throw back for one second just to oh, this nerdist contest? Backs. Just I, I just want to say that I am. It is Thursday, had, so I guess had so. I had time, had I not been doing so many other things and trying to write two other books, I really wanted someone to do a book in this contest based around Oregon Trail. Oh, which, that's funny. Which maybe only Paul knows. I don't know if you grew up with that. No, one, no, JF, I know what Oregon but, Trail is, but we we all know that that book can only end one way. Oh, you get dysentery dying and dysentery. Yeah, yeah, you have to get yeah. dysentery and die. That's, there is yeah. no other question. That means uh, the entire last chapter is just describing the symptoms. That's, that's it, and then you're done. It sounds like Cormac McCarthy, really, but I think it'd be good. Anyway, oh, it, it would have to be written the style of uh, Hunter Hun, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, that would be amazing. Ah, oh, now I really want to write that book. See, I'm telling you, um, there's still room in too many controllers for somebody to throw that in. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I'm sorry I derailed you there. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead. No, that's all right. I was just gonna um, switch it over to Landon time. So oh God. Okay. Let's let's uh, let's move into uh, our time with our special guests. And talk about your novel, A Monkey Business. So let me just throw out a, a, a random question real quick. Tell me, and this is not going to be hard at all, and I'm not putting you on the spot at all. Um, okay. <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, how it came to be, this story in general. Like, what is it that, where did you start? Like, you were, you, you know, where's that epiphany moment, moment where you were like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. Um, so that's, that's not a hard question. It's just not very entertaining. So 17 ish years ago, when I was in speech class in college, I wrote this 
completely idiotic conversation between these two guys who were stranded on an island and they were trying to build one of them wanted to build an oven completely out of bamboo. And the other one was explaining why that was the stupidest idea in the world because the bamboo would just burn. Anyway, I, I just kept fiddling with it and adding idiotic things to it until, you know, I was young. I didn't have anything better to do. So I wrote this book, did nothing with it, had zero intention of ever doing anything with it. Um, stuck it on a hard drive and last summer I ended up working on an ambulance service where I had a ton of free time and I dug it out. I read it. This was 15 years later. So I remembered very little even about the book. I read it. It made me laugh a lot. So I decided to rewrite it. Um, and that was pretty much it. I hadn't really written anything in between those two things. <laughs> it was just, that was it. I rewrote it. I liked it while I was rewriting it. I was listening to the Nerdist podcast a lot. I heard about the InkShares contest, went to InkShares. And I remember the first time I logged on to InkShares, the first contest was a couple weeks in. And I think the catcher's trap was in first and it had like 212 uh, pre-orders. And I remember looking at it and thinking, I can totally beat that. That's not a problem at all, which turned out to be completely wrong. But um, so I had no idea what I was getting into. I just threw it up on InkShares and started begging people to pre-order it. And yeah. And then that, that was it, man. So I had done run one rewrite then. And then before I turned it in, I actually did a completely different rewrite of it. But, um, my only guiding principle with that whole book was this made me laugh and I'm going to just write it so that every scene is as entertaining to me as it can be. <laughs> and that's it. Well, so. that's a, that's a perfect, perfect thing to do. And I maybe, maybe led with the wrong question because I am excited about things here. So the, I guess maybe I should lead with this. If you don't know what we're talking about, monkey business, how would you maybe, you know, like back cover copy, kind of like we just did with those other two books, how would you, or, or go ahead and like maybe explain it in a few short sentences or paragraphs to the people who are listening and why they need to get it. So here's, Other than it makes you laugh because, you know. You know, you know, though, that really is it. Like it makes, it's, it's to make you laugh. That's it. That's the goal. Um, how I explain it to people now is it's, it's two guys stranded on a tropical island. All they want to do is get home and insane things keep happening to them. And for the tone of it, it's kind of like aesthetically, it's maybe a little bit like Gilligan's Islands, but the tone yeah. of it is Anchorman. Like if funny. you, if you find Anchorman and Talladega Nights and sort of movies in that vein, funny, you're going to find this book funny. Like, I mean, and that's as simply as I can put it to people. That's like, great. And it's, it's definitely a book for people who don't read a lot of books because, quite frankly, I don't read a ton of books. <laughs> um, I watch way more movies than I, than I read books. So I feel like it's pretty somatic in the pacing and the way it's done. I'm not really into like really long descriptions and narrative you know, passages and stuff because I'm not good at writing them. So hey, that's know. my pitch. Yep. That is a good pitch, though. I think um, it's hard to like narrow it down like that. But I bet you've been now that you've done it a lot. It's like a little yeah, easier. Yeah, it's, right? it's it's getting easier. But you and, know, I think I don't know. But maybe it's because I spent many years in marketing. Also, um, I mean, as a visual designer. But anytime I send out an update or a Facebook post or communicate with anybody about the book, I just try to just come up with one thing and say, "This is the one message I'm trying to get across today." And so when it comes to pitching the book, I just tell people, look, this is meant to be funny. That's it. If right. you read it and you find more, great. But the goal is for you to laugh. Makes and sense. That's it. Makes sense. So um, let's uh, shift gears for just a second and talk about Quill. I know we talked about it very briefly earlier, but you decided that you wanted to be the first Quill author. And that's why you were just like, I'm throwing my hat in. Boom. This is it. Um, so for JF and I, when we saw um, that uh, initial, uh, that you were you were the initial person, person we were both like, "Whoa, somebody actually did this!" Because yeah. we were we were kind of on the fence of, "Is this going to be useful?" I mean, obviously, yeah. it will be useful for someone who uh, who maybe is building an audience. Like, well, listen, right? I, hate, Isn't that I, hate, what we I hate to contradict you, Paul, but I, my, my opinion about Quill was very specific from pretty much the get go where I thought like, cause I, 
I'm right now in Montreal, I'm surrounded by Quill authors. Like I have at least two of my friends right now are going to be published on Quill at the very least. I have another friend, it's uh, Christopher Huang, uh, who is probably going to either be Quill, although his campaign is long and going well, so he might actually get to, yeah, he's to 750. Well. And he, he's very good. He's, he's a very convincing guy. He's a nice guy, and he's also a very talented writer. If you've read his mm-hmm. samples, like you can see, oh, yeah, that probably deserves 750 pre-orders. Yeah, he's good. So, but, well, I guess maybe what I mean but, is um, it was but, shocking. But, but come on, man, let me finish. <laughs> the, the point I'm getting to is that being surrounded by these quill authors, like a That's lot of them. That's funny because you just didn't let me finish before and you said I'm going to have to contradict. Anyway, go ahead. By all means, Paul. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Don't no, fight in front I'm, of me, guys. Don't fight in front of me. Makes well, this I'm is getting, what makes the marriage work, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what I'm getting at is that these guys, when they got close to their quill point, they were confronted with a question. And this is something I had to think about also for A God in the Shed when it was getting close to its pre-order, uh, to its, you know, the end of the campaign. If I don't get 750, do I go with quill? Do I not go with quill? So I was... I sort of had to have a look at the scenarios between my friends who did not already have a book published on InkShares, so did not were building an audience. Are there benefits to them going to Quill then? And for someone who's already published, do you still go with Quill if you already have a normally like a fully funded book? Like I had to weigh some of these options and my my uh, my verdict was that if you are building an audience no matter what your previous achievements were if you if you can't get to 750 you should go for quill because basically your your campaign demonstrates the results of your campaign demonstrates with numbers that you don't have the audience to get to 750 anyways so you should be building that campaign the best way to build that campaign is through content and content is a book so that's my opinion. That, I I'm, agree. I'm not not going to begrudge anyone for not using Quill, but the way I'm looking at it, right? I mean, yeah, I think I think that is at least that has been my thinking on it. And I mean, my thinking with jumping right in was, um, you know, I I had not been a writer. Like this was a, a thing that I did. I truly enjoyed writing, um, rewriting this book, but. This is it's a very strange book, um, and especially in the context of the Ink Shares community, um, I think there are a couple more things now that are in that vein. But I remember when I when I put Monkey Business up and looking around, I don't remember finding anything that was very like it. And just remember looking around and thinking to get to 250 is going to be good enough. And I truly believe with the book, as I'm sure most of us do with our books, like it absolutely has an audience. It finding its audience is a question that I can't answer. I mean, I can't personally do enough to put it in front of enough eyes to have the right, who knows, 50 people see it to go, oh, I'm going to share this on College Humor or whatever, and then it finds its place in the world. So for me, it was it was we worked hard enough to get to 261 copies, which was how many pre-orders I got before I closed it. And I thought, I'll never make 750 but I don't know that this book will ever pull 750. So for me, it was sort of in the same vein of, you know, a lot of self-published authors who do their first books for free and build an audience. So I thought, hey, man, I'm getting a publisher to actually help with this. So for me, it's great. Um, and I mean, I don't want to get like to self-promotional or anything, but the next project I'm going to launch, I think, has a lot more mass appeal than such a strange little book about talking cursing monkeys. So with that one, I know if I were to get to 600 or so, I might consider saying, you know what? I didn't make it, but I'm going to back it out and try it again in a little while because I might not want to say, yeah, let me, let me put that one in quill. If that makes any sense at all, you know? No, I, absolutely. That's exactly the spot I was at with, with God in the shed where I got to a certain number where it was high enough that, it was uncomfortable to go with Quill because it was over twice the Quill goal. And you go, right. ah, it feels like it deserves more at this point. So, But I was fortunate enough to have like the support necessary to get 750. So that was cool. Right. How long was your campaign? Um, God in the Shed originally had a normal campaign of three months, but I doubled it after because when I launched it, it was for a contest. And once the contest was over, I was completely burnt out. I had done two contests in a row. I was just and I was working on the editing and the production for Life Engineered at that point. I was 
completely burnt out. So I ha- asked Inkshare to just extend my campaign by a phenomenal amount to give me time to take a break in the middle and then attack the uh, attack the, the the campaign again once Life Engineered was out. Because one of the questions, and I've mentioned that on the show before, one of the questions I got from a lot of my backers is why should I back a second book when I don't even have your first book yet? So Fair having enough, this, I guess. And when Life Engineered launched, I got a ton of pre-orders for God in the Shed because now people felt, oh, this is true. I this this these this ink shares thing makes real books. So. Right. Yeah, I have one in my hand. Yes, like this is going to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a tough question. I I know that if I I know that if I wrote a book, and not to say that I don't believe in this book or like, I love this silly little book with all my heart. I like, I can still open it to any page and it makes me giggle, uh, which is probably not something I'm supposed to say since I wrote it. But like I said, I no, love absolutely. it. I believe, you should enjoy your writing. Yeah. Like I believe that the people who this book is for will love this book. Having said that, I don't know that this book is for a wide scope of people. So if I had a book that I truly believed, like, yeah, this is, this has got a shot. At, at going somewhere. Yeah. I don't know that I would put it in quill. Um, but just because for me personally, I don't have the time in my life to put the effort into marketing and doing all that stuff myself that needs to be done. Um, which I mean, and if you do quill for listeners out there and many of them are going to be in quill, you know, that is 100% on you. Absolutely. Nothing will be done for you. Um, and that's just, you know, ink shares doesn't have the time to do all that, but you know, if, if you're not going to do it all yourself, nobody's going to know about your book. So everything you did to get your book into Quill, as you guys already know, will continue 100%. Um, so, you know, we'll see how all that goes. That brings <laughs> up a good, uh, that brings up a, um, a good question in my mind here. Let's talk about the differences between, or, or, or maybe you could just explain like what your experience was with Quill, because I mean, we've we've talked about ours a, a couple of times here. I mean, probably a lot of times on Right Brain. So uh, it'd be nice to see what that other perspective is like, considering that there are so many books in the pipeline for Quill, and um, not quite as many for the uh, the full funded goal. For the, so for the big probably tent. a lot of people want to want are interested in in, in what's going to happen in the future right. for them. So, okay. So in my, my, um, experience may not be typical since I was the first. And to be honest, I, I feel like I kind of rushed them. Um, I don't think they expected anybody to immediately go, I'll take Quill and here's my fully completed manuscript. Um, which I pretty much did immediately. Um, so I think that a little bit from Inkshare's in, and they did a great job, but there was a whole lot of like, I guess we'll just do this and that will probably be okay. And, um, but basically here's the super short version. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, you get into Quill, you get done, you decide to go with that option. Your campaign ends. Um, they will get in touch with you and say, when your manuscript's done, send us the finished manuscript. They will put you in touch with somebody at girl Friday. They, you will send it in one time. They will go through the entire book. They will copy edit it. This is not developmental edit. This is nothing like that. They will send you back grammatical stuff. They will occasionally send you an edit that is like you said, this in this spot and this in this spot. And those two things don't jive. So which one are you going with? Or they'll send you something that says like, uh, like a couple of the things I got were like, you mentioned the geography and this way here. And for this type of volcanic island, that probably would not be right. Are you interested in changing that? Most of which I said, I don't care. There are talking monkeys in this book. Let it ride. But so you will get one edit back. Um, you will sit, you will approve, change, or or just deny the edits that they send you. They will email you back one more time with any clarification questions, and then that is it. They will send it to a cold reader who will read it one more time just for any sort of big thing that is wrong. And then you will get a PDF of your final spreads, which is sort of your last chance to go, hey, I know you guys weren't really looking at this, but there's a widow on this page or whatever. And then that's that's the end. Um, so they will handle all the interior layout of the book. The cover, 100% on you. Um, they will do nothing for your cover. They will not get other writers to give you quotes. They will not write your copy. Um, they will help. Angela said, we're happy to help. If you need some help, we'll do our best with your back cover copy. 
But um, basically, once they edit you down, they will send you your final page count of the book. You will log into the Ingram Spark website, which will generate a template for you. You will drop all of your cover art into that template. You will submit it with all the printer-ready files. So if you're not a designer and you don't know anything about design, that's going to be a big stumbling block because you're doing InDesign files with all the supporting documents and all the spreads in the correct template. And if you send it in wrong, they will send it back to you and say, you got to resubmit this. Um, so once all that's done, you send it all off. They lay out the eBooks. They print everything. They send it to you. You will sign them all or in the future, who knows? They handle the eBooks. They handle all that stuff. But my point being, um, it really is a line edit. It is a copy edit. That is it. If you send them something that's horribly paced, it doesn't make any sense. Like they don't have time to fix it. They're not going to fix it. That's on you. Um, which for me again was fine. Like I said, just because of the way my situation was, my book was a done and B had already been rewritten twice by the time I sent it in. Um, so for me, I was totally comfortable just saying, yeah, it's fine. Whatever you guys fix my grammar. It's all good. But I know there are a lot of people who are getting quill published who have not even written their books yet. Um, and to them, I would just say, get yourself a really good network of beta readers who are going to really help you out because you're getting none of that on the back end. So when you send that book in, you better be prepared to say, this is basically the book that's going out into the world. I've got two questions with two, mm -hmm. two vastly different subjects. Okay. Uh, like on the editorial portion, I know that we, we know people that are the do editing. So in, in, in a way, if if anybody is listening here, is a quill author and is thinking, oh man, I'm not getting any editing. I would love to get some editing, and I would pay for some editing. There's there's probably ways of getting that done. The second thing I find interesting, you mentioned that um, basically InShares doesn't do anything for cover blurbs, but you have a cover blurb from one Tony Valdez, the author of Dax Harrison. Indeed, I do. Um, which I went out and got on my own, which is what you should do. I mean, I'm sure if you emailed Angela or whoever ends up being your production manager and said, I really need some help, they would do what they could. But, you know, they just don't have a ton of time. There are 23 books in the pipeline right now, you know, not to mention the books that they're actually putting, you know, their marketing efforts behind. So, um, and that may have been, again, like, and this is not a tooting my own horn thing, but it was another good reason why I was a great first Quill book, because I did not ask anything of anyone. Um, I did my own cover. Tony had just written that quote on my page, and I edited it down and sent it back to him and said, Tony, could I use this for my cover? And he said, yeah, great. And the one on the back also was written on my page. But I just contacted the authors and said, can I just use this? Um, and, you know, uh, Dave... Um, um, it's all fun and games. He was willing to write me one, but again, like he was so busy with his own stuff. I didn't want to bother him. Um, so uh, basically I went out and got my own. I did my entire own cover. And when I sent it in, it was, it was 95% of what it is on the finished product. So from Inkshare's point of view, I was super low maintenance as a person, but you know, as we communicated about the process, I tried to make it clear to them that I think the cover is going to be the biggest stumbling block for most people because um, they just don't have the resources that that I had, you know, from doing that for 15 years. Just trying to figure out how to turn in an InDesign template is is tough. If you don't if what I just said doesn't make any sense to you, then you're going to have to find somebody who that makes sense to. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I not that wasn't an answer. Because I rambled. Uh, I'll try. I, I've tried <laughs> no, to help some kidding. people with covers, but um, yeah, my only cover advice for anyone out there is uh, if you're Quill, it's going to be seen as a postage stamp 99% of the time. So don't be getting complicated with your covers. Like a God in the shed has a great cover for being small. Um, age, ageless, well, coincidentally, good. I'm um, also a trained graphic yes, designer. Yes, I know. So. And, you, and you can tell. So, I mean, keep it simple, guys. Uh, big title. <laughs> it's it's going to be tiny when people see it, um, which is why, I mean, I made the monkey business cover as simple as I could make it just because I know when you're cruising through ebooks on Amazon, you don't get it, to see much. So I think it looks good, man. I think so, it's a eye-catching. I, I, I like it. And that's stock art. Like, I, you know, I didn't, the little monkey's a stock art monkey. I think I paid 15 bucks for that. Nice. Oh, I, yeah. I thought my, I somewhat assumed that you had made the monkey as a, as, as a designer no, and a marketing guy. I tried. I did about 10 of them, and that one still looked better than any one I had done. So finally I said, you know what? 
I, I, I'm not that prideful. I'll just use the monkey that I like. So it's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, it works. I mean, you're, you're using it for your entire, entire marketing through line, like those updates that you've been sending recently for reviews yeah. using, I mean, it's, it's very recognizable. And I, if I were to see the monkey independently that I would automatically think about your book. Yeah. See, I stole that monkey. It's my monkey. Good. Now. Good. good. <laughs> monkey's mine. So, I'm sorry. I derailed there. I hope that answered. No, <laughs> whatever that's you asked me in the beginning <laughs> which i don't even remember now i think that happens to us sometimes so we're used to it, it, it it's it's our mo <laughs> so jay have you said you had two questions or no oh i i kind of covered both of them that's that's the thing like i wanted to know where he got the um where he got the blurb because one of the things that made okay. me curious when when he said that the blurb wasn't provided because i had assumed since tony is another um is another Inkshare's author. I had assumed it was mm-hmm. just Avalon or Angela that said, "Hey, let's get Tony on board." He like his book is kind of like in the same, not yeah. exactly the same te- theme and stuff, but I mean, it's got the same. It, it's it probably appeals book. to relatively right. the same audience. So I thought this was a th- th- this was an, uh, an Inkshare's matchup, and but every time I see a hole in the system like that, being that future cool authors may not necessarily be as well equipped as you are to get themselves quotes. Right. I like to find think of ways to fill that hole. And I'm thinking, Paul, you and I should probably look at talking to some of the rest of the people in the community and look at maybe having some kind of database of volunteers willing to give quotes or at least give books enough of a chance. You know, give yeah. some kind of resource, at least within InkShares. Like they're, I mean, obviously someone from Quill, unless they go out on their own, they, mm. they manage to get a quote from, say, a, from a popular author. That's right. awesome. But if they can't, if they can at least have a bank of authors that they can mm-hmm. ask, yeah, that would be good that would probably right. a good resource. Well, and and I don't know how you guys ended up where where you did. And I, I hope I, I mean I don't mean to be telling tales out of school or anything, but I think it's you know most of us do not read one another's entire book before we will put a review up on Ink Shares at least. I mean because you don't get a chance to. I mean, and it's super hard to send somebody. An unfinished, unedited copy of your book and go, here it is as a PDF. Do you mind reading this entire thing, even though I know you're super busy and then give me a quote? Um, so, I mean, basically, I just trolled the ones that had already been put up on on my site and found ones that I liked. And then I went to them, you know, and contacted them and said, would you be comfortable, you know, endorsing this? And Tony and I message on Slack and stuff. And I feel like we probably just have a similar sort of vibe. And because uh, we just sort of screw with each other back and forth. And so I felt like he would be comfortable saying, you know, yeah, I'll give you a quote, even though I haven't finished the book because I knew he had read what I did put up and he liked it. So, um, so his only caveat was I, I will fully go on Amazon and, and destroy your book if it turns out to be shitty. That sounds like Tony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it doesn't, you know, I mean, go, if, if you're Quill, go out and do what you can to find your own. I'm not saying any chairs won't help. I'm just saying if it would, it, it'll be way better for you if you take charge of every part of that process that you can. Cool. I got one more question, then we kind of need to wrap things up. And my one mm-hmm. question is, tell us a little bit about this new project you keep referencing. Oh, okay. I was going to ask that too. So, well, so I'm not sure. And Oh, God, it's so funny that we've been talking about this. The only thing stopping me from launching this product is, or the new project is I cannot come up with a cover that I do not hate. And I know that they can change anytime, but um, I just haven't come up with one yet. Anyway, it's a, it's um, still a fiction. It's about a paramedic and his partner. I work as a paramedic um, in real life. So it's, it is not an autobiography by any means. Yes. So do you work in marketing or do you work as a paramedic or are you a paramedic marketing? (laughs) No, no. I did graphic design for many, many years, but now I work, I work as a paramedic. So, um, so it's about a paramedic and his partner. It is fiction. It is a, it is comedy somewhat, but it's very dark. Uh, it's, it's different than monkey business. You know, there it's, it's paramedic. It's, now, it's not like the shows you see on TV. Like, it's much more what it's actually like to do it. I mean, because not all not all our calls are life and death. Most of them are not. Most of them are just, you know, reasonably funny or just a little bit depressing or, you know, it's just it follows two guys as they go throughout their, you know, their life. And just stuff happens to them. Some of it's funny. Some of it sucks. But um, and it's written in first person, which is also new for me. Um, so that's kind of exciting. 
uh, that's been a lot of fun. So I, I'm excited. I've shown it to some of my beta people and they like it uh, exponentially more than they liked monkey business. So that that's exciting for me. Um, the, hopefully it'll be the, good. J- just, I mean, I, I already said that like, I don't hate humor books, but they're not like my first, uh, my first go-to when looking for literature. And when, and I, since I have very little time to read, um, I, I, I tend to get really picky about what I read, oh, yeah. but what you just described is way more in my vein of what I enjoy. Yeah. Well, I, like, yeah, I think it's in everyone's vein. And, uh, like I said, the, the people who I let beta read my stuff like it a lot more than they liked monkey business. And, you know, it's just, and it's a thing that everyone will experience. Like you, you were hit by a car at one point. If I, if I remember correctly, um, you are a listener. So so you have had some dealings with emergency services personnel. And actually I I was not conscious for most of that. (laughs) Right. Then they have had dealings with you. (laughs) They have. So, uh, you know, I mean, really that's what it's, it's, it's written in first person. It's, it's just a character driven sort of, little story that these guys go on. But what it really mostly is about is how tilted and dark and off center your sort of relationship to life and comedy becomes when you work in that world. Um, And that's not to say it's super dark. It's not, it's mostly funny, but it's stuff that normal people might not necessarily look at and go, well, that's hilarious. You know, well, it's, it's funny to me. <laughs> I, I I think this is going to really be my my vibe. Do you have like an idea or a draft page up? Something that people can start I have following? Not, I am going to, I hope, put it up this weekend. Um, I'm doing the little, you know, the little written interview with Ink Shares that you do. And I think Angela is going to blog it on the 20th. So I'm trying to launch it before that um, just so people have a, a place to go. Um, if they want to come and check it out. So I'm hoping to put it up this weekend. Again, this is dependent on me getting a cover that I don't completely hate with all my heart. <laughs> and and um, around that time, probably before the 20th, but this will be up as well. So All right. Yeah. So well, any, the only could, thing I can tell you right now, it will. It's gonna. the name of it is Black Cloud, um, which is EMS slang for somebody who has horrible luck. Um, <laughs> like there are people nice. who get all the good calls. And then there are people that every single call they get turns into a freaking train wreck. And, and so we call those people black clouds. So, Oh, I'm, I'm so into the book. So that's it. We'll see. Like I'm a big reader of, uh, of true crime stories. I love Mary Roach's book. I love everything that even if it's, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I love stuff that really delves into the nitty gritty of the least talked about facets of humanity and that sounds like it's really right. my vein that's what we're shooting for we'll see I, I i love it it's really fun to write especially since it's first person you know which really gives you a platform to sort of soapbox every now and then on on some stuff <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh i know <laughs> i know so one one of the things i did for the sequel to life engineered is i created the idea because you what you can do on ink shares is you can create an idea upgrade it to a draft and then upgrade it to a full campaign when you're ready mm-hmm um, so I, I don't know if there's something, cause I'd love to be able, when we launch the podcast, at least on the podcast page, be able to include a link just to be sure that we Absolutely. have something for people to go follow. You know what? And I'm glad you said that. Cause I forget always that there is a draft option where people can start following so you know what? I will absolutely put it up as a draft, even if I feel like the final product is not, you know, like, cause the page building, which you guys talk about all the time and I appreciate is huge. You know, you got to have your page ready for people to come land on it and, you know, and get interested. So, you know, who was really successful pretty recently? Becky Lieber um, of uh, Mm -hmm. Drink Shares. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. What was her book? um, Proxy. She kept it. She kept it in draft phase for, I don't know, months and months. And what happens is you start building a following. I think when she first decided to launch that first day, she got like lots and lots of pre-orders because... Um, she just right. had the following built already, you know, so that was, yeah. a, a, I think a smart move. So, so drink well, shares are frenemies. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up this e- weekend and I will have um, frenemies, <laughs> but they're, <laughs> they're, they're drunk frenemies. So, you know, that's right. <laughs> you I like to think of drink shares as our drunk uncle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's funny. Fun most of the time, but every now most, and then most- gets a little. Fun most of the time, sometimes dark, but occasionally like this nugget of wisdom. Right. You just have to sort through all the slurring. 
Yeah. Find but, uh, uh, but yeah, using the draft is is something that I'm actually emulating for the Secret Life Engineered. I have 110 followers on the, on the idea. When I upgrade to a draft, I'm hoping to get even more so that on launch day, like it's a huge launch. Right. That way I can sort of bypass the stress of a lot yes. of the campaign. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I actually, I'm so glad to talk to you guys because I will do that because I would much rather have a lot of momentum going, you know. In, it, into, into launch instead of going, oh, I'll make it a year campaign and sort of slowly chug away. Like, I don't want to do that. That sounds exhausting. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the worst. So don't do it. Okay. No, no, so I, let, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've, uh, we've managed to pay you back for visiting us. Yeah. Yeah. What? This was awesome. I mean, yeah, this was great. This has been fun. We could chat for, for, for hours, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I, unfortunately, I'm the problem because I have another thing to record in 10 minutes. That's Otherwise, okay. I could go um, on. Nobody's going to listen to us talk for four hours. Uh, no. Know, well, probably. Never know, anyway. Well, I will. Uh, but. <laughs> Landon, thank you. Thank you for coming on and being part of our show. And we're um, excited for your book, Monkey Business. Tell our listeners where they can find it and where they can find you, um, your digital presence, I guess I should say. Okay. Well, you can find me at landoncrutcher.com. If you would like, um, I, I don't actually use it that much. Most of my stuff I put up on Facebook, um, or on Inkshares, just Inkshares, search for monkey business. You can find monkey business on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iBooks, all the places you, whatever you buy your books. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Find it on Twitter. Inkshares. You got a Twitter, right? I do have a Twitter. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just landing crutcher too. <laughs> Just look for Landing Crutcher anywhere because I was not smart enough to come up with a pin name no. <laughs> before I did all this. Yeah, like um, Andrew like, Fantasia or, or, uh, yeah, or Prescott, Prescott Harvey. Harvey yeah. There you go. <laughs> God, God damn, these swarvy sounding names. Oh. Um, so lucky. And my name is Paul Inman. Thank you for listening to Right Brain. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Paul Inman SC. That is Paul Inman SC. Or you can visit my website at paulinmansc.com. Um, you can also follow the Right Brain's Twitter. We have a Right Brain Twitter. It is Right Brain underscore at Right Brain underscore. You can um, find us on iTunes. Leave us some feedback if you don't mind. Um, that's always great. And uh, what else? JF um, on JF's website. There's jfdubo.com slash Right Brain. Right? Is that correct? That 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 is where you can find the the, the, the show. podcast yeah, the stuff. Podcast. You can find the rest of my 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 nonsensical garbage just on jfdubo.com or follow me uh, at, at jfdubo. That's J F D U B E A U on the Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. And uh, don't forget, if you're reading Ageless, please post a review on Amazon. I think we are at like in the twenty mid twenties, maybe. And post a review for Monkey Business after you finish reading it. And JF is eight away from triple digits on Amazon. Post a review for The Life Engineered, and then I can tell you how it feels from the other side. I can't wait to have that feeling. Too. I, you, I I bet nothing happens, and I've been lied to. But I wanna I wanna get there and try. <laughs> Hey, thanks, you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on. And thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.